Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler, you're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina with my co-host, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Steve Cordo. From the state of Illinois, Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, and Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website. And I want to encourage you to go to that website, and you will find this show live on page one of that website. And why is that so significant? Because there are over 1,800 shows that are live on that website at this hour. And you will find this show, ladies and gentlemen, on page one. God is good, isn't he? Amen. And if you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts on this broadcast, you can send your emails to butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Or you can call Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stay along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it 
on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. While we pray that you will be with my co-host Clay Phillips as he breaks unto our listeners the bread of life, and also my co-host Steve Cordo, who will be answering our question in our shouted out segment that are on the hearts of just so many. We just pray that you will bless their families that support their efforts, that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners who are tuning in via blog talk radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you, and that their hearts may be pricked, and it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we will not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask that you'll forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host in the first segment will be Clay Phillips. He serves as the evangelist for the Rose City Church of Christ in Thomasville, Georgia. And he'll be making this proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, I have a question from my shouted out platform on social media, Facebook, that we'll be posing to my co-host, Steve Cordell, who is the evangelist for the East Park Church of Christ there in Danville, Illinois. He'll be answering our question on the show this evening so open up your bibles now and open your minds and let's have a great show after the break the next voice you hear be that of my co-host clay phillips enjoy the show you're listening to the gospel light radio show Come on and 
listening to the gospel light radio show give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of jesus christ now my co-host clay phillips from the rose city church of christ can you hear me now now i can hear you on the i can hear you on the air but let me see if i can hear you on facebook hold on a minute all right ladies and gentlemen yeah, just bear with the us a few minutes. The power went out of that church building. Oh, okay. So we now, I don't. I don't even see your video now on Facebook. It's, it's back up because they're looking at it. I got several folks looking at it. If okay. those of you that listen uh, hit yes, if you can hear me talking on Facebook. The power was out at the Rose City Church of Christ. A tree fell on the power line. Oh. God went oh. to. Okay, now I see a video, but it's, your screen is black. Okay. Get, get your phone, Chester. Let me call him on your phone. Oh. Can y'all hear me? Now I hear you fine coming over the air. I just okay. don't see anything on social media. What I'm going to do is, see, like, I don't think you're the only one that can. All... Okay. Um, I'm gonna call back in on your, my on my on my daughter line. For the show. Okay. And you use my phone for Facebook. You got okay. me. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, just just hold on, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, let me let me go ahead and play a song, brother Clay, and we'll get you up and running here in a few minutes. Okay, all right, sounds good. Bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, my co-host, Clay Phillips from the Rose City Church of Christ. Clay, can you hear me? I am Brother Clay Phillips, minister of the Rose City Church of Christ here in Thomasville, Georgia. I want to apologize. I went to my office to do our broadcast like I normally do about uh, 4.30 or 5 and uh, got there and a tree had fell on the power line at the building uh, since this morning, after, uh, this afternoon after I left. And uh, But they called me and said they were working on it. They sent someone out there to work on the power line to get it right. But we're here to uh, expound on the Word of God. And I want to thank Steve for the marvelous job. Steve, I did tell you in the video 
So you might be able to find it on your uh, message, okay? Um, once again, I am Brother Clady, the minister here at the Rose City Church of Christ in Thomasville, Georgia. I'm privileged to be able to come and preach God unadulterated truth. I want to thank you all for tuning in with me and being patient as we uh, cataract this broadcast together. I want to thank Steve for the marvelous job that he does in getting the word of God and getting us to be able to preach. I've been on this broadcast now for uh, maybe four to five years, and I really truly enjoy participating with the ministers that are doing uh, the will of the Lord. Now, my subject is uh, suffering the keeper of our soul. Suffering the keeper of our soul. <laughs> I know we're going through a lot right now. And we're going through a lot. But it's not over. The Bible teaches us in the last day, perilous times shall come. And we're living in some perilous times. Dangerous. What perilous simply means dangerous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, traitors, truth breakers, hearted. And so we are living in some terrible, terrible times. I really thought personally that I wouldn't be uh, seeing some things that I see now when I was a young boy coming out of uh, bigotry and hatred and hostility and being able to go to school with uh, other nationalities. I, I didn't see uh, the things that are happening today. I thought it would be hundreds of years before uh, the things that the Bible talked about that was going to come. But I want to encourage you tonight. I want to help you tonight. I want to ensure that you understand that suffering is the keeper of our souls. <laughs> All right, let, let us go to the Bible now. Y'all ready for this? I, I'm ready. Let's go to the Bible. Uh, let's go to, uh, I got several pair of glasses up here. So I'm going to move one of them, and I think, uh, Let's go now to First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four. I'm going to commence reading at verse number twelve. First Peter chapter four. I'm going to commence reading at verse number twelve. And I'm going to terminate at verse nineteen. That's first Peter chapter four, verses twelve through verse nineteen. And we find these words written. Beloved, speak it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you, as though some tri some strange listen to the Bible now some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall be revealed. Ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, 
notice now, on your part, he is glorified. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, as an evildoer, as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin with us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel? And if the righteous, notice now, and if the righteous shall scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit to the keeping, <laughs> here it is, the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. I want to, again, use the advocate of our message, suffering is the keeper of our souls. Now, let me say this, first of all. Suffering get a bad rap. Yes, it does. Suffering get a bad rap. We we talk about suffering and uh, like God has nothing to do with it. We discuss suffering like it's some kind of uh, uh, antichrist. Listen, it is Christ. <laughs> You know the Bible says in Isaiah 53, who shall believe our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For it shall grow before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground, and no form, no comelessness. And when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we shall desire him. He is despised. He suffered. He is despised, rejected of men. Suffering the key of our soul, the keeper of our souls. Now, what John, what Peter does, what Peter does in First Peter chapter 4, Peter vindicates suffering. He said, let me explain to you and help you out about suffering. Let me, let me get you in order about suffering. We really need to understand that God worked in mysterious ways. Because when you look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, you know the Bible teaches us all through the Old Testament that, uh, you know, we discipline our children. And then we discipline our children, uh, we cause them to suffer. But notice now in the, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and the verse number 3, Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 3, we find these words written. But consider him that endures. And and such contradiction of sinners against himself, the somebody Christ, lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. In other words, you need to consider Jesus suffered. He suffered for us. Ye have not yet resist unto blood striving against sin. He said, I want you to understand now, the apostle says here, we don't know who the Hebrew writer is, but we believe it's the Apostle Paul. And if it's him, the Apostle said, listen, I want you to understand now, uh, you have not yet resisted unto blood. You, you hadn't, it hadn't killed you and died. You're still living. 
Then it says, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. Notice now, he said, I want you to understand. Have you forgotten the exhortation? Have you forgotten the Old Testament proverb to discipline our child? Notice now in verse number uh, five, the letter says, My son despise not thy the chastising of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chases it, and scorneth every son whom he receiveth. If ye in now, no one said, if you chastising, God did it with you as unto sons. For what son is he whom the father chased? In other words, I, I want to know the the, the skin. What son have not chastised? Then he's going to say, but if ye be without chastisement, whereof all takers ye are. Bastards. I mean, in other words, the word bastard simply means without a father. You don't have a father. And not you, you're a bastard, not a son. Then you go on and says in verse number nine. Furthermore, we have fathers of our flesh. Then you give us an illustration, an example. We have fathers of our flesh, which correct us, and we gave them what? Reverence. What? We got fathers of the flesh? And we give them reverence? I know I do. No, I do. I give my father reverence. I give my dad reverence for discipline me because I needed it. <laughs> God, no, I needed to be disciplined because, listen, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the raw, you better hear me when I say, as my grandmother used to say, will drive it far from you. Oh, yes, it will. Then he goes on and says, notice it says, uh, reverence shall be not much not much more relative reverence and be subject to the Father of the Spirit. In other words, should we not give God reverence? We give our Father reverence. Mr. Russell, Sinclair Phillips, I gave him reverence. So I'm not going to give the God, the Father, reverence? Notice in verse number 10. Now, verse 10 kind of, kind of blow your mind. Verse 10 kind of shock you. It, would say, it says, for they verily for a few days chasing us. <laughs> In other words, it let you know now, your mama, your daddy, your relatives, father, they, for a few days, they chasing you. Now, but you got to remember now, when God chasing us, if we go to late, we're going to be there forever. <laughs> oh, what? Yes. So no, no one says, this is going to say this, it, it, it give us an option here. It give us uh, the, the knowledge of planning uh, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. In other words, there are people that are arguing about whether or not we should discipline our children. All the time I hear, even at the schools, they say, well, you can't spank your child. Even, you, even at your own house, they tell you you can't spank your child. So we live in a society that have taken discipline or suffering that should be used for vindication of righteousness, and we have taken that out of the school system and from the family. Fathers can't spank their child anymore. But then it let us know 
in verse number 10, it says, For they verily for a few days, you're talking about our fathers, our earthly fathers. Notice what it says, after their own pleasure. What do you mean by after their own pleasure? If they listen, if you don't want to discipline a child, you take the responsibility. Now, and this is what you're saying. If you do not chasten your child, you it, that's your pleasure. That, in other words, whatever you reap, you're going to sow. If you sow seeds of, I'm not going to discipline my child, I'm going to let my child just be mean, and he's going to the grocery and fall all out and have tangents, and you're not going to discipline them. Listen, he's telling us, he's telling us, look what he says. He says, for they bury, they're talking about the father of the earth, for a few days. Chasing up. It says, after their own pleasure. In other words, you can, if that's what you want to do, if that's your desire, okay, that's fine. But don't complain to God because God has given an example. God has given us what he ought, that we ought to do. His son died on the cross that he may demonstrate that God said, I want to punish you. I've got to punish you. But to keep on seeing you, I'm going to send myself. Wow. Isn't that deep? Isn't that something? And so here we are. Is it for their own pleasure? And he, for our profit, that we might be partakers of holiness. Notice in verse 11. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. You'll enjoy when you're getting it. But grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. In other words, you can tell the children that have been disciplined by their family, been exercised by their fathers. When children grow up respecting their fathers, not disciplined, not respecting the father, they don't respect them. the school system. They go into school and they're tied up. They don't respect the society. They don't respect the law of the land. This is what problem is with the law of the land. A lot of us need to understand that. The Bible teaches us that we must obey the law of the land in the book of Romans. Okay? So now, when you look at the text, when you look at this text, it is a powerful text. It's giving us the vindication of suffering. It is not an accident that our lives, that our bodies are created to recognize pain. Our body, when the child is born, the first thing they do, they pop that child. Wake up. And that scream and holler. Why? Because that's showing that the child can feel pain. <laughs> are you with me? That the child can feel pain. Okay, uh, a great amount of our suffering, now let me explain, a great amount of our suffering uh, comes from the trend of ignorance and sin. Amen. The reason why we suffer so much, God doesn't want us to be suffering, but the reason why most of us suffer is because of our own sins. Turn to now, look at, if you will, uh, let's First Peter chapter four. Let's go First Peter chapter four. Turn now to First Peter chapter four. Back to our text. 
Now, I want to show you that God intend that we suffer. Okay, let me let that sink in. God intend that we suffer. He He expect us. He He made us. He created us. He 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 want us to suffer. He know that suffering is contravent. Suffering is a contravent. Now the word contravent simply means it it, it gives us skills that bring us to uh, sudden development, contravent. <laughs> Let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. Now, now, how do you know that? Look, look at uh, verse number 19, and I'm going to come back to verse number 20. Verse 19 of First Peter chapter 4. Verse 19 says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit to keeping of their souls to him in well doing. As I'm talking about, listen, it's a contravent. It is that God hated this suffering that we may endure the suffering. Hello? That we may understand that we go through. That's what the Bible says. Uh, um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God at sundress times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Now, what it's saying there is that God used various areas of suffering and things that we go to. When you go back and look at all the, the historicity of the Old Testament, everybody suffered. You're not the only one. We all, when you read the Bible, everybody, God used that as a contraband. In other words, to develop the so suffering, what it does, it develops skills in us that we might be able to uh, overcome. Uh, let, let, let me show it to you then. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Turn your Bible now to Romans chapter 8. And let's see what the Bible says. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28. Okay? Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We'll start at verse 28. I don't have time to Everything I would like to read, but let me read this part here, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Notice what it says. And we know that all things work together for good. Now, did you really know that? God created suffering. God made suffering. In the, you remember in the garden of God, even God created, God, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God made everything. On the sixth day, he made man. And then you remember, now, understand this. Understand this put man in the garden of Eden, he made trees, three type of trees. Amen? One for the pleasure of eating, one of the tree, another set of trees he made uh, for beauty, and another set of trees he, uh, he made for good and evil. So God created the evil and the good. <laughs> uh, this, he, so God knows. He said, I, I got, I Reason why the tree of the knowledge of God uh, that put in the garden in the garden the good and evil was the whole purpose of that we are able to recognize what Solomon talked about in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter three. There's a time and purpose for everything under the sun. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to cry. 
There's a time of there's a time of joy, there's a time of mourning. So the Bible teaches us if when you look at uh, Ecclesiastes chapter three, it tells us the, the wise man, one other than Christ, the wise man ever lived. He tells us, I want you to understand something that God created all of this. So when you look at Ecclesiastes chapter three and the verse number one, to everything a season, and to a and a time for every purpose under the heaven. What purpose? So understand now, what I'm doing, I'm showing you the apostle is doing. He is getting what suffering and the purpose of suffering. That suffering is the keeper of our soul. If, if God did not allow us to suffer, I, I'm trying to told you, past tense, we will be all men most miserable. We'd be some crazy people. Amen? So it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up. So we're looking at the contrast. So without suffering, I ain't want to think it'd be good, Brother Philip. That's all I want. It's not like that. We got to understand the man is we are susceptible. We, we are susceptible. That's why the devil knew that when he called Eve out there and said, what did God say? God said we can't eat of every tree in the garden except the one in the midst of the garden, and if we eat of it, we shall die. But death, etymologically, means we, though that's when suffering is going to start. And you're going to, okay, now you're all right. Doing good up in here. In the Garden of Eden, but now the day you've eaten the fruit, you're going to start suffering. Satan got them, they ate, what happened? They started suffering. From that point on, we have been suffering ever since. And now, but understand this, there was another tree in the garden that it, that tree is called the tree of life. So you got three trees, the tree of life, also within it. So God put the the angel at the gate. Now, I don't know where uh, the Garden of Eden is. Nobody knows. Get there, you won't make it to tell nobody. You're not going to tell you know. It says he put the cherubim there, but they come in. So don't listen to folks. My, I've been to the promised land. No, you ain't been to the, you know, the Garden of Eden. You haven't found the Garden of Eden. I found the Garden of Eden, and I got the water. That, 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 no, no, you have not found the Garden of Eden. Because if you find the Garden of Eden, you won't be able to tell nobody. You know what I'm saying? Because God said you will not happen. So understand this. Understand this. That man, we are susceptible. So God says we're susceptible to two things. Number one, pleasure. And number two, pain. Number one, pleasure. And number two, pain. Now, so we are susceptible to those. Why? Because it, God used them. It is in these gifts. Suffering is a gift. It is in these gifts that we see the benevolence of God. So, some, I, picture, I, I don't understand what you're saying. And my, my mama suffered. Yes, but, but listen, your mother obeyed God. She will never, ever suffer again. What she says now, we suffer because we're the one that could stand. We're the one that left God. And so we are susceptible. Two, 
pleasure and pain. So now, so now what, what the gift of suffering does, it it brings God benevolence. Now, the word benevolence means, simply means kindness of God. In other words, uh, unless you uh, go through some stuff, you won't appreciate some th- some stuff, okay? Uh, so God, the Bible says, God love us. The Apostle Paul said, they're not faith, hope, and charity. And the greater of these is love. So we are here to appreciate. Now, next thing we need to understand is the mystery of pain. Pain is a mystery. The mystery of pain. Now, what, what pain does, it helps us to recognize uh, others. <laughs> because when you go through pain, no pain, no gain. <laughs> let the Bible speak, brother. Okay, let, let's turn our Bible now to Second uh, Corinthians. Everybody turn the Bible now with me to Second Corinthians chapter 1. Second Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to miss reading at verse number three. Second Corinthians chapter one is, is number three. Powerful, powerful verse. Chapter one and verse number three. All right, now. Y'all, y'all ready for this? I know y'all. I know y'all. What I'm doing is I'm showing you suffering the key of our soul. If you if you remove suffering from man, then there's nothing that will control man. It'll be out of control. If God have Put these things, but one thing about suffering: number one, it helped. We had learned to accept. Number one, we had learned to accept pain. Number two, under the mystery of pain. Number one, under the mystery of pain, uh, homiletically. Number one is that you had learned to accept pain. Um, what, what do you mean by accept pain, brother Philip? As uh, consent to receive pain. In other words, I've I've grown to know that the older I get, the more pain I'm receiving in this old body. This old body is tearing up. I've learned to accept that, that I'm going to die. Child of God. And a lot of folks, the Bible says now, Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed unto me and wants to die after death of judgment. Jesus said, now, now listen to this, Jesus said that I'm not which are able to kill the body, but I'm not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him, which are able to disrupt both soul and body in hell. So here we find out that suffering, uh, the mystery of, of, of pain, is number one, accept it. You, go, you feel it every day. Not every day. Every day. Not only do you feel it every day, then you, you recognize that everybody's suffering. You're not the only one. Everybody should get 2 Corinthians chapter. One in verse number three. Now, Second Corinthians chapter one and the verse is number three. Man, this this is this is, is powerful. Now, let's be God. Let's be God. Even the Father of Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy, and the God of all comfort. God said, "Listen, why is God a God of comfort? And there's no to be, you don't want no to be comforted from or for." That you don't want no suffering. <laughs> so, so the reason why God is the God of all comfort is because He knows suffering. And you know what? What is amazing about this is that God. Let, let me tell you something. What is amazing about this is that God sent His Son 
understand that? We don't both understand that. That's the mystery of suffering, the mystery of pain. Amen? Now, notice, before, who comforts us in all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble? So, in other words, God said, listen, the reason why you suffer is that everybody suffers. And you need to understand and recognize others suffer as well. And so the reason why you do that because you can comfort those that suffering. You can help us. The, the, the greatest, listen, the greatest thing that we have as Christians, that people, is to love one another. We live in a society that think that hatred is the way to go. Black man fighting against white man, white man fighting against black man, black man fighting against black man, white man fighting against white man, and on and on and on. But the, but the, the secret is when you learn, learn to love one another, man, it brings comfort. Notice in verse number five. For as, notice not, for as the suffering of Christ abounds in us, so our consolation also abound by Christ. Now, what are you teaching us here? Well, etymologically, the word abound here means as the problem increases. That's what it means. As your problem increases, God's comfort increases. <laughs> I love it. As your problem increases, God's comfort increases. Notice what we're going to say. Y'all ready for this? Verse number six. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the endurance of the same suffering which we also suffer, or whether we be confident it is for your consolation and salvation. Don't you know the reason why we're suffering is for our salvation? God wants us to suffer. I don't know about all that, Brother Phillips. Man, this, this thing is getting deep, Brother Phillips. What's wrong with people? And why I got to suffer like this? Because God wants Okay, turn to the chapter. Turn to the chapter. Uh, they stay in Second Corinthians chapter and that's chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, and the verse number 15. Know what it says in verse 15. For all things are forsake. Is something here? Yeah. See, as a Christian, the purpose of presence. Oh, my God. Uh, that's why you had me going to church, uh, going to worship, because you thought that uh, your, your job was going to put you. Oh, 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 why, you know, because you thought you're going to you visit your friends, it's going to be better. Oh, oh, why are you not coming to worship? Okay, let, let me show you that. It says, for all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound of the glory of God. In other words, for example, I played basketball in high school and college. I played basketball in college. When I shoot the ball, sometimes you're you miss. <laughs> sometimes you miss, but then partner will rebound it and put it back. Hey, have you ever seen that happen in a basketball game? But 
So here the Bible says that Christ, we, man, in the beginning, shot the ball and missed for Jesus. Snatched the rebound and dumped it back. I'm this Sunday morning, got up off the grave. Calm down, Brother Philip. Calm down. Calm down. You you ain't preaching. You're teaching me. Okay, okay. I'm coming down. For which cause ye faint not. That's why you're afraid. See, give me courage. Listen, as a basketball player, my, my nephew now, uh, Moses, and I talk with him all the time, and I tell him, now you're not Moses in the Bible. <laughs> oh, you're preaching. You're talking about me? No, you're not Moses in the Bible. Now, I tell my nephew, I said, shoot the ball, son, because if you don't shoot it, can't anybody get the rebound. And if you don't shoot it, you can't have a shot at making the basket. And so I, so I teach him, don't be afraid to shoot the ball. So what, what suffering does, it tells us don't be afraid to shoot the ball. Don't be afraid to be because you got a rebound, which is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. No one says it ain't enough. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Verse number 17. For our light affliction. So let us know. He said, listen, our light affliction. In comparison to this earth and going to heaven, fiction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far better Exceeding an eternal weight of glory. Don't you know that this, the, the, the Apostle Paul is telling the church at Corinthians, and listen, what you're going through now is light. It's, it's that, it ain't nothing to this. All right, now let's, let's go to our lesson. <laughs> now, uh, Rose City, no, take me a minute to get to the lesson. I got it. Uh, according to my clock, up, I got nine minutes. I got nine minutes. Now, let, let me give you the homiletics, and then uh, we'll talk about some things. Uh, quit like, I know I'm not going to be able to deal with them. But so what What Peter is saying in verse number 12, notice in verse number 12. Stay with me. Verse 12, let, let's read it together. It says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which should try you, as though some strange thing happened under you. So he said, he said, wait a minute, fellas. Are, are y'all surprised that you suffered? Your, 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 mom and, your mom and dad didn't tell you when you was little? You're going, all right, you do this, you're going to get this. All right, you do this, you're going to get this. Make the bed hard, you're going to lay in it. Why are we acting like suffering is some, some kind of mystery? Why, why are we tending? Why, why, why are we surprised? And this is Jesus, that's what it says here. It, it says in, in 12, and this is Jesus says, Beloved, it not strange concerning the trial which you tried you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Why are you acting surprised? Okay. Because I've told you, I gave to you, that he's he going to deal with, and I'm not going to be able to deal with all of them, but I'm going to give them to you, then you can set them on your own. Number one is, don't be surprised because Christianity suffering is come upon us. Number one, it, it is uh, it is needed for proving us. So, suffering is not needed to to die on us or to or to 
abused us or scorn us. That's not the purpose of suffering. Suffering is, is needed for proving us. In other words, slap. Jesus, you slap on the cheek, turn the other. Jesus, let them prove it. <laughs> okay. Peter! What's what the deal with you, Peter? Peter said, wait. No, no. Who, who writing this, Peter? Peter said, no, I, I failed. So Peter is, is writing this. He letting us know that we need to be proved. That's why you have tests to prove that you are who you say you are. Uh, you know what you say you know. That's why we go to school. Okay? Now, now, so the first thing about it is that we need to understand that it approves it approve us. What do you mean by that, Brother Phil? Here, notice now, it's will. It is needed. Suffering is not just uh, a discipline. It is a prove up. It proves that you are who you say you are. Okay, now uh, turn to, uh, let's look at Peter. So Peter said, back up. So look at chapter 1. And we are at chapter 4, but let's back up to chapter 1. So Peter is talking to us. He says in verse number 6 and 7, notice in verse number 6 and 7, he said, now, in verse 6 and 7, he said, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. He said, man, this temptation ain't no joke. He said, you're in heaviness. You go through some stuff. He says, that is, that's a part of life. Then he goes and says, for number seven, he said that the trial of your faith bring much more precious, being much more precious than gold, than that perish. Though it be tried with fire, to, to get real to go, you got to try with fire. So to, to become who you need to become, you got to be tried with fire. Suffering is fire. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, y'all. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise. Okay, after the fire, and you're cool now, and get it right, he says, you're going to have praise and honor and glory at the presence of Jesus Christ. Other folks might not recognize it. Oh, so Peter said in chapter 1, I want you to understand now. He said, uh, I want you to understand, uh, Christian suffering, you shouldn't be surprised because I'm telling you that what it's for. It is a try. It is to prove you that you are true gold. Not only that, then chapter 2. Let's look at chapter 2. Chapter 2, uh, it says in verse number 19, chapter 2 and verse 19, so Peter said here, he says, but this is thank worthy. You know, this, this is worthy, but you just say thank you. You you, you say thank you, Brother Phillips, for teaching us this. Thank you, Brother Phillips. This is thank worthiness. If a man for conscious toward God, endure affliction, suffering, wrongfully. If you can endure affliction, grief, suffering, wrong, when people have done you wrong, you can endure it. Most, I, I tell the church at Rose City, I say, most people don't like uh, try to avoid 
being grieved. I don't want to be grieved. I don't want nobody to die. You're going to die. And they're going to cry over you. I don't want to be suffering. You, everybody suffer. I, 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 I don't want to be wrong with that. Yeah, that is when God proved that you are his child. Okay? Verse number 20. For what glory is it if when you are buffered, when you are grieved, when you are suffering, when you are wrongfully misused, buffered for your faults. In other words, you did wrong. Ye shall take it patiently because you done wrong. But uh, yeah, I, I was wrong. Okay, what they got to do with anything? You 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 supposed to suffer. You supposed to get that punishment. But if when you do well and suffer for it patiently, this is acceptable to God. <laughs> Let the Bible speak, brother. But I got three minutes. Verse number 21, but even hereunto were ye called. This is why you were called. This is why you were called a Christian. This is why you can went to Sunday school, Bible study, worship services. Anybody getting up in the church shouting, hooping and hollering? I'm not saying you shouldn't shout. I'm not saying you shouldn't hoop and holler. All I'm saying is it's about you being proof that you are. In other words, that you can fall and get up. We fall, but we get up. That, that's a difference in a Christian. A Christian is, we, we do just like you do. I, I've sinned. I've thought. I've lied. I've stole every now and then. I, I stole some stuff. I've done some stuff that I'm like. But do that maybe not thankful? Yes. I'm glad that God, Jesus Christ, came and died. He's the only one that have not sinned. Okay. Maybe a little bit but even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. Okay. Now, 10 chapter 3 of 1 Peter, chapter 3, verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer. For every man that answers the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. In other words, man, how you still doing what you're doing? Because I know God is a forgiver. But, but, but man, uh, do you suffer? Yes, I suffer. Yes, I hurt. Yes, my wife and I go through the issue. Yes, we broke sometimes. Yes, we can have some good time as well. But we must understand it is about submission. Then it says in verse 16, having a good conscience. That whereas they speak evil of you as an evildoer, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in God. Then it's going to say, according to my time, but I got one minute. But it is better if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil. For Christ also have once suffered for sin, the just... <laughs> For the unjust. See, the just now don't want to suffer for, for them own sake. They don't want to suffer. But the just for the unjust, that he might bring, listen, us to God, being put to death in the flesh and quickened by the spirit. That means that, listen, suffering is the keeper of our soul. As long as I'm on this earth, I don't want God to stop disciplining me. 
stop causing me. You're clearly, you got to suffer for this. You got to suffer for this. So that's where it comes to our text. Then it gets to verse number 12. That's why we can read this so vividly. In verse number 12, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery furnace that coming under you. Why are you, why are you surprised? I'm not surprised. When people talk about me, ridicule me, you scandalize my name, and we all doing the same thing. I'm not surprised. Then verse 13 said, but rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye might be glad also with exceeding joy. He said, he said one day, uh, the truth will come out. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. If ye being reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of the glory of God rests upon you. Upon their part he is spoken evil of, but upon your part he is glorified. God is glorified when you do what he asks us to do. Now, suffering, listen, suffering is the key of our soul. Thank God that we suffer. Thank God we go through this. Because when, when your parents stop disciplining you, they don't love you no more. <laughs> Let the Bible speak. So, so that's what Hebrews 12 says. And if your parents don't discipline you no more, they don't love you no more. As long as God is dealing with you and causing you to suffer and causing you to go through some issues, he's working with his son. I love my grandbaby. But when my grandbaby gets too close to the stove, uh, grandma. Esther says, boy, get away from that stove. And he don't want to get away from the stove. She said, let me get my fly squad. <laughs> he said, yes, man, yes, man, I'm going back to Papa. Isn't that so? But what suffering does is make us come back to Papa. I'm your speaker, Brother Clay Phillips. Remember this? Keep it real. <laughs> You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. And if you miss me from singing, singing. and you can't find me nowhere, come on up to glory. I'll be singing the best. Yes, I will. Yeah. <laughs> 
listening to the gospel light radio show shout it out question ladies and gentlemen in this segment we have a question from my social media platform on facebook called shout it out that we want to pose to my co-host steve cordo he serves as the evangelist for the east park church of christ in danville illinois and we also want to encourage our listeners to go to that uh group on facebook and get involved in those biblical discussions now the question uh, that we have is from an anonymous querist from Memphis, Tennessee. And their question is, uh, are we supposed to have a name on the church building? What say you to this question, Steve? Good evening, and thank you for having me on the show, uh, Stevie. And welcome to everybody in the audience on whichever platform you're listening to us on. And if you have any questions uh, about a Bible text or a topic, send it to us, and we'll be glad to answer it for you. And uh, this evening's question, as Stevie said, comes to us from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Do we have to have a name on our church buildings? It's a good question. And this comes up uh, many times among the, uh, especially among our fellowship in the Churches of Christ. We do discuss this a lot, especially with new converts, why we wear the name of Christ, and why we don't wear several denominational names. And here's the answer. The short answer to the question is no. Biblically speaking, there is no exclusive name given to the church. Uh, So we don't have to have any particular name on our buildings. And if you want to carry it a little further, there is uh, nothing in the New Testament about church buildings. But uh, let's dig a little deeper. Let's explore this idea a little bit more and look at the idea of 
the name, because there are actually several names we see in the New Testament that the uh, church is called by. In Acts chapter 1, for instance, we're told that Saul, uh, who eventually became the Apostle Paul, was consenting to Stephen's death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentations over him. So they just finished stoning Stephen, and notice that this is called the church. And now I use the New King James Version to study and to uh, teach from, and 62 times in the New King James Version, the phrase the church appears, and that's it. That's just what it's called. There were no divisions or denominations at that time, so if you said the church, people knew what you were talking about. And then in Acts chapter 9, Saul, and now he's getting ready to become Paul, basically. He's getting ready to go on the road to Damascus, and he's still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord. And he went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So five times the church is referred to as the way. This one here in Acts chapter 9, and then twice in Acts chapter 19, and twice in Acts chapter 24. And then in Romans 16, 16, the churches of Christ salute you, or the churches of Christ greet you. This is the only time you see churches of Christ. Church of Christ, uh, singular, you don't see that phrase anywhere in the New Testament, at least not in the, in the uh, New King James Version. And then Paul, in writing to the Galatians, referred to us as the household of faith. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. And then in Ephesians chapter 2, he's going to say, Therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So there are two more designations for the church. And then church of God. We find eight times, once in Acts chapter 20, three times in 1 Corinthians, once in 2 Corinthians, once in Galatians, once in 1 Timothy. And then the body of Christ. Now this one appears 15 times. This is the one that is used more times than any other designation. And again, this is in the New King James Version. One time in Romans chapter 12, uh, four times in 1 Corinthians, uh, of one, six times, uh, about eight times actually in Ephesians. It's used once each in Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, and then three times in Ephesians 4, and then twice in Ephesians 5. And then Colossians, uh, it's used three times. The phrase body of Christ is used. And then four times, all in the book of Revelation, we are called the bride of Christ. And then we are the flock. Now remember, Jesus is the good shepherd, the chief shepherd. He is, uh, or uh, Acts chapter 20, Paul used the term flock twice when uh, his last meeting with the Ephesian elders. Twice in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 we're called the flock, and then twice in 1 Peter chapter 5. So those are at least, uh, I think, uh, eight names. And I'm going to give a couple here that are what I call honorable mention. Assembly of God. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23, we see reference to the general assembly. Uh, but we are of God's people, so assembly of God, there is a denomination that calls themselves that. And then Jesus was from Nazarene, so church of the Nazarene. We don't see either one of these per se in the New Testament, but I personally don't have a problem 
with uh, using them because they are descriptive of us being of God or, or of Jesus. Uh, Jesus, remember, being from Nazareth, so I, I don't have a problem since he is the Nazarene uh, that we are following. So that's at least eight different names we see used uh, in the New Testament to speak of the church. Now, there's a couple of other things to keep in mind about these names. Number one is none of them are named after people. You don't see Lutheran or Wesleyan, and I believe they're close to the Methodist denomination because Wesley, uh, John and Charles Wesley, uh, founded that church. Uh, you see in 1 Corinthians, the first four chapters, Paul is really condemning division. And he had heard from somebody named Chloe that there was division in Corinth. Some said, oh, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Paul, I'm of Peter, I'm of this person or that person. And Paul uh, takes them to task over that. Uh, another is you don't see them named after saints. You don't see St. Stephen's Church or St. Paul's or St. This or St. That. Nor do you see them named after a doctrine such as Baptist or charismatic, or anything like that. You don't see them named after a doctrine. And along the same lines, you don't see them named after uh, 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 nations. You don't see them named after uh, the Greek Orthodox, or the Russian Orthodox, or the Armenian Orthodox, or any of these Orthodox. You don't see them named after geographic countries. Nor do you see them named after church offices. You don't see anyone in the New Testament designated the Episcopal Church, or Presbyterian, uh, or apostolic. You see some churches around here uh, with the name apostolic attached to them. Uh, you don't see that in the New Testament. See, all the names used in the New Testament for the church somehow tie back to God or to Jesus. They're not for people. They're not for countries or anything like that. And so the Bible does not specifically have a name to put on the church, but if we are Christians, the name we wear should somehow reflect that fact. So that um, uh, just like when, a, when a, um, a woman marries, traditionally she'll take her husband's name. Now, some women uh, in the modern age have kept their maiden name. I know some women that have done that. I've got some relatives that have done that. But what I have never seen is a woman take another man's name. So I've never seen a woman, you know, she gets married and says, well, no, tells her husband, I'm not going to take your name. I'm going to take the best man's name or some other groomsman's name, or, or this guy over here, uh, John Smith, I'm going to take his name. We don't see that. So as a Christian, I sh my name should reflect who it is that I'm fellowshipping with, who it is that I'm following. I'm following Jesus. Now, sometimes uh, we were called Campbellites uh, as, a, as an insult. You know, I don't follow Alexander Campbell. I don't have any of his books in my library, and except for brief quotes here and there. I've never read any of his writings, don't intend to. Because I am not a follower of Campbell. I am a follower of Christ, and I don't want anybody following me. Well, hey, I might be lost too. You don't know. Uh, because I am human, I can make mistakes. I will never intentionally teach a false doctrine or to lead anybody astray, but you don't know. Honest mistakes do happen. So whatever I say, whatever you hear me preach, even this lesson here, you know, look and see if it's uh, biblically based. Study it for yourself. So why then should we even have a name getting back on track if the Bible doesn't give us a specific name? Good question. We have to have names, uh, or we need names many times for several reasons. Number one, since about the 4th century, churches have owned property. They go buy a piece of land, they put a building on it. So that means we have to go down to the bank and get a loan. Okay, so what are we going to put on the paperwork? Uh, they're not going to want to put my name on it, and I'm not going to want to be liable for this uh, half a million, million, two million dollar loan, or whatever it is we're taking out. We put a corporate entity on it. Uh, and then uh, speaking of banks, uh, banks typically have a bank account where they deposit their 
uh, weekly contribution. It's got to have a name on that and on those checks or the debit cards or whatever you're using. And then uh, once we buy the property, we build the building. Well, it, you know, where I live, we get some pretty cold winters, so we'd like to have it heated in the winter. And then our summers get hot, so we'd like to have it cooled. And I use PowerPoint, and we got lights in there that need electricity. We need water for the restroom. So what, how, what names are we going to put on those accounts? Well, we use the, the, the name of the corporate entity, the Church of Christ. Uh, and then that means we got to have it insured. The bank's not going to loan us money unless we have it insured in case there's a loss. And so we got to put a name on it. And then there might be other legal reasons. Uh, some churches, California and Florida, uh, excuse me, some states, California and Florida, I know are two of them, require there to be on filed with the Secretary of State because we are a corporate body, uh, either Articles of Incorporation or uh, a list of trustees, uh, a corporate uh, body like a president, vice president, secretary, that kind of thing. Typically, if a church has elders and they're, and they're going down that road, they will have the elders fill those roles. If they don't have elders, they'll designate uh, people, usually men, to um, take those roles. And I have known some that have had women do it. Another discussion for another time. And then uh, we, uh, most churches have got websites. So what name are you going to put on the website? And then uh, before websites, so we had phone books. We had yellow pages. And we had to have a phone number that went with that. So we had to uh, put a name with that. And then um, probably for our geographic designation, uh, there's the, especially in large cities where you may have more than one congregation. You got a north side church, a south side, a fifth avenue, a, an east park, a, an east side, a, a, an eastern avenue or boulevard. You've got different uh, names there, different designations. So we need to have names uh, for that. So we choose a biblical name, Church of Christ. Now, here's the, what I consider to be the bottom line. I personally wouldn't worry so much about the name that is on the sign out front or what name is on the side of the building or on the website. My concern is going to be what's being taught inside that facility. A church can have a perfectly scriptural name, but the doctrine inside and the practices inside are not scriptural. Uh, we've got churches around this area that have Church of Christ on their sign, but they're, uh, they have instrumental music. There's some of them that have worship teams and drama teams and they have bands playing uh, as part of the worship, and I've got air quotes if you're on the radio and can't see. They've got bands for their worship. So I would go inside and see what they're being taught, ask lots of questions uh, of them and of their leadership before I decided to place my membership or work with them as the preacher or anything like that. So do we have to have a name on our church building? Again, the short answer is no, but consider the points that we brought up here uh, in the lesson tonight, and that is my lesson. Thank you for having me, Stevie, and we're coming up on the end of the year, so I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Thank you for uh, 2022 allowing me to be on the show, and I look forward to being back with you in 2023. Everybody have a great holiday. That's my lesson. Thank you for having me. Have a great holiday. Shout it out question. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I know, Lord, I know the Lord, he'll take care, he'll take care, take care of me, oh, yeah. yes he, he will. will, I know the Lord, I know the Lord. He'll, take care, he'll take care, take care of me. Oh.
I call on you and you step in right on time. I know the Lord, He'll take care of me when He will. Lord, I'm trying every day to walk in the right way my 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 it gets hard hard on this road it gets so rough Listening to the Gospel Length Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? 
As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at one 613 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. This is a program reminder. Stevie B's Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. Telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. Or just go to your browser and type in Blog Talk Radio. On Tuesday, I'm hosting a live show, What a Word from the Lord radio show. And I'm hosting this live show on the second, the third, and the fourth Tuesday of the month. On the second Tuesday of the month, this show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on that particular show, we have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Church of Christ who will be making a proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. And also doing that show, I have the Community Corner segment. That segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. And I also have two co-hosts that will be on that show. Uh, Luke Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Oak Brook Park Church of Christ in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Isa Mullins, he serves with the Church of Christ in Cary, North Carolina. And the third Tuesday of the month, I'll be hosting a lot this same show, but I have my co-host, uh, Dr. Antherica Lane. She's a board-certified obstetricianist and gynecologist. She serves with the Great Road Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio, and she has her show that she'll be hosting on that third Tuesday of the month called The Conversations with Dr. Lane. And then the fourth Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, my co-host Kelly Fletcher. She serves the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. She has the Kelly Fletcher show that will air on that fourth Tuesday of the month. Then on Thursday evening, each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And there are seven co-hosts on this show, Clay Phillips, which you heard tonight, Dr. Frank Washington, Steve Cordo, and Robert Lee Johnson, and Glenn McMillian, and Courtney Carruthers, and Brian Christian Coleman. And my co-hosts will be presenting lessons from the Word of God, and each week I have two of my co-hosts on the air. And also, I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out. I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show, just like you heard on the show tonight. And then on Friday night, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B, a fellow house music blast. And this radio show is the 2022 recipient for the NACAMA, the National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award for Outstanding Achievement in Record or Radio. And that show will air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on this radio show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices. And we're also interviewing artists, producers, comedians, etc. We're also debuting new music and also featuring old music as well. And every third Friday of the month, I have my top 20 countdown show. And then we also have on-demand episodes. Uh, these are... Uh, Episodes can be found on various musical platforms, wherever you're getting your favorite podcast from. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, I, Apple, iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. Also, I have recorded version shows. These shows were album debuts mostly, and some of the same the same playlists that I use on my live show 
uh, that was on Blog Talk Radio. These shows can be heard only on iHeartRadio, Diesel, Amazon Music. And you just search for Stevie B Recorded Version Shows. And I want to thank all of our sponsors who've been sponsoring these radio shows. Um, if you want to become a sponsor, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And her telephone number is 954-687-4705. And the three E's of Stevie B Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? Now that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that. Heaven is my goal. No matter what they say, call me and I'll go. I tell you, I'm not saying. Lord, I hear the streets are made for pure and gold. Breath of God blows gently through my soul. Pearly gates shine, sparkles on. Lord, I give my all to you. Please make my dreams come true. Heaven is my goal. Let the talk get say one. I believe God knows. I'll never change my mind. Father said that heaven is a fairy tale. Silly to believe That's what they told me, yeah This world is all the heaven we are gonna get But here's no perfect peace That's why I'm
Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank my co host, Clay Phillips. I also want to thank my co host, Steve Corder, who answered our shout out question as well. I appreciate the, uh, the efforts that both men uh, gave us on the broadcast tonight. This is a, it's my prayer that these lessons that were given on this show have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened. Because you're not only tuning in this radio broadcast, but you're giving yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I have all of my co-hosts here at the Gospel Light Radio Show. We really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Just
the heaven, oh God. I know that I'll be made whole. And she stood there, she stood there crying, oh, oh my God. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.